This team never dies, does it? Never, never, hey. That bunch of relentless, resilient bunch of guys, man. They love to play the game. You know, they play the game every day. Today we were down, but they never thought they were out. It's a testament to these guys. I mean, they, they fought all year long, and uh, guess what? We stayed in the fight. We won the fight! Hello everyone and welcome to From the Cheap Seats. And this is our World Series Championship episode. My name is Thad Helsley and I am joined by my co-hosts. First, the president of the Washington Nationals Optimist Club. And until just recently, Nat's naysayer, Bernice. You're welcome. I have propped up this podcast since the beginning. Hold on to your rally towels, listeners, and prepare for the release of the Flying Hyperbole Monkeys. Fly, my pretties! Fly! Everyone is the greatest, the smartest, and the most tenacious. We couldn't have come this far without our incredible bat boy, Little Johnny. It was our secret sauce that won the series for us! And be prepared to hear Queen's We Are the Champions endlessly until it induces vomiting. So for either of you, what were your impressions of this historic series? I have an impression, Mr. Halkley. All right, Bernice, uh, please share. My colleague computers and I have found a secret message in the Baby Shark song when played backwards. This isn't the LSD-addicted Beatles of the 1970s. It's a modern children's song, Bernice. A secret message sounds extremely unlikely, but, but who are these colleagues you were referring to? IBM's Watson. Now, wait a minute. I thought you compared him to an Elmo doll earlier this year. That is correct. But he's okay as a last-minute Tinder date. Things are tough out there. Just, please listen. Okay, I'm afraid I can't hear anything, Bernice. What, what, what secret message are you and Watson hearing? We're debating. It is either be sure to drink your oval time, or Geraldo Pera is the Antichrist. <laughs> okay, 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 let's turn that off. Cassia, what about you? I mean, I felt good. I didn't know what to expect going into it. I felt good after the first two games. I felt like shit after the next three. I certainly felt bad after Max had his little temper tantrum or whatever the hell that was and pretended that he was injured so he wouldn't have to pitch the game. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is screwing us. And so I didn't feel good about the home game knowing that he was going to be on the mound. And even Davey said in interviews that the thing he was most worried about was Max, not about us getting runs or anything. So I, I just, going into game seven, I was just scared. I was tired. I was ready for the World Series to be over. When we were down the whole time, it seemed like that's probably the way we would win. We wouldn't win this game easily. As a, as a wrap-up to the season, it made no sense for us to come in there leading from the beginning. We had to come up from behind because that's the only thing that gets these guys doing shit, apparently. Well, that's true. I mean, you're statistically true. That We're the biggest procrastinators in baseball. 
They keep saying, oh, you were the worst team, 1930, whatever the hell that stupid figure is that no one can stop bringing up. We're just, we're just procrastinators. That's what we are. We just leave it all to the last minute. And then we won. Yeah, we did. We did. And uh, and before that last Game 7 win, it was one of the most boring games I'd ever seen. I mean, uh, Granke just kept pitching and pitching, getting us out. We never could get around. I didn't around. think it was boring. I didn't think it was boring. Well, I did. And uh, Schurz gave up. You know, even though despite that uh, horrific injury that three days later, all of a sudden he goes five innings, pitches, 103 pitches, and 58% of them, 60 of them were strikes. Pretty good for a guy who who could not move his right arm three days prior. Well, that was a lie. I don't believe that. So I don't buy into that narrative at all. I think he was freaking out and he didn't, didn't want to pitch. I don't know if he got a cortisone shot or if he got... Some other kind of uh, medication. <laughs> Maybe they just but, did a little dope. Maybe that was what knocked it off. Who knows? It's legal in D.C. I'm not sure that would help with the 100 mile per hour fastball or whatever. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I, not. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel safe with him on the mound. I mean, he may have got strikeouts. He definitely kept going, but every single inning was a nail biter because he kept letting guys on oh no yeah i mean it wasn't like it was like one two three it was like okay let's load the bases and then squeak out at the last second basically because yeah it wasn't wasn't a good outing i mean he he did okay considering his fake injury whatever i guess and he went five right yeah, he went five, a whole five. He went 103 pitches, and which tells you something. You know, 103 pitches and five means that yeah, he had yeah. a very he high pitch like count. In like the third, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But I mean, luckily, he didn't crack. He kept those guys on base, and not very many runs snuck in. No, he only gave um, up two, and I think he did it in the first, in the second inning. He gave up two, or he gave up one in first and one in two, which, you know, in his first outing was, second, yeah. he gave up three, so he was doing better than, you know, World Series game one. But, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for defense, it wasn't for, the you well, know, those run, diving run balls. Runs aren't the only metric of doing better. Um, he was letting a lot, there was a lot of traffic on the bases, which demoralizes everyone and makes everyone nervous. Whereas I don't think there was as much traffic on the bases in the games where he gave up more runs. There's many ways of evaluating someone's pitching performance. Well, and- Strauss in game seven uh, gave, you know, there were men on base every single inning as well. I mean, neither of them were like doing shutout. You know the stuff like they did earlier in the year. It was, but again, it was the Astros. I didn't feel as worried. I mean, Strauss, first of all, just looked more confident. Yeah, he went to nine. He went to nine. And he's been more confident this whole postseason. And um, there weren't as many walks, I don't think, because Max was throwing, you know, three balls, three four balls in a row. You know, he 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 wasn't under control at all. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, whatever they. What do they call it? Locating. He wasn't locating his pitches. And plus, he was. He was pitching Suzuki. You know, was still on the IL, DL, whatever the hell they call it. And so he was pitching with the guy he doesn't usually catch. Oh, with. So we, we, I know. And his ERA is like horrible with him. Yeah, they don't. They just don't have enough experience together. So they. Sparing. In the numbers is like wild. Right, right. So not ideal. 
No, it wasn't ideal at all. And, and Grinky came and Grinky, in on the Astro side, and he was just and, fabulous. I mean, he just went boom, boom, Grinky, boom. Grinky was, first of all, doesn't he look like a murderer? He does look a little bit creepy. I'm thinking of casting him in Exorcist scary. 4 as I, the new murderer. I thought, I thought that about the whole... First of all, over these seven games, just staring at these Astro players' faces, all of them look like psychopaths to me. Especially <laughs> the guys with the... First of you guys, they are the scariest, most evil-looking people. I don't know if I just, like, they were our, the opposition, so I was, like, projecting that. But I was truly just like, these are the, like, I hated them. I truly just, in my in my soul, was like, oh, I, I do not like these guys. They seem like a, just a bad group of dudes. Do you, you think it was because you were on the eve of Halloween? In fact, the game actually tipped into Halloween night. That it was something to do. There was some witching hour, moon, you know, full moon thing. I felt that way all week. I felt that way all week. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just have a a lot of resentment against these Astro players now. Well, Grenke, you know, that man is not even capable of cracking a smile, although you could say that of Steven Strasburg. But, I mean, after, you know, he went six innings, you know, in which we had, like, I think scored nothing, right? I don't think we'd had a single run. You'd think he would have cracked a smile or something for a pe- potentially being on a sweep, you know, and then we finally broke him or Tony broke him on in game seven and got the home run. And then Howie came in and got the, you know, the great dinger right off the foul pole and drove in, you know, two guys. I mean, boom, all of a sudden we're in the lead. But yeah. um, which was amazing, you know, that, that game broke open after like two and a half hours of just going, oh. Well, it's because we had, it was Granky. Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. Now we're on the, the issue of Granky and relievers. What the fuck was AJ Hinch doing? Because to me, it seems like the Astros didn't lose this game. AJ Hinch lost the game. AJ Hinch, the manager. The uh, yeah. dugout manager. Okay, how did he lose the game? Well, he took out Granky after a home run. He panicked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Granky was doing great. He was, and he just gave up one run. So it's like he gave keep up him in. Yeah, and they always. Come on, and Davey sat on three. Give him a little more chance. Right, and they, and again, the home runs. I've. Uh, it's just one of those rules of baseball. It's not the solo home runs or the home runs that are going to fuck up a pitcher. It's the it's the traffic on the bases and he didn't have any of that. He should have stuck with Granky and I think the game would have ended up very differently. Well, you're probably right. I mean, we also, wanted to get into their bullpen and we got into their bullpen. No, it was good for us, but it was just like you as you want to see the other team play the best they can and be managed the best they can. And they weren't I don't think they were on this game. I don't think I think AJ Hinch just seems good. If you watch the his press conferences, which I have been watching this series, he is the most articulate manager probably in Major League Baseball. Like he's one of the only people who like can form a sentence beyond like, "Hey, yeah, I believe in our guys. Yeah, we're gonna get it done. We're gonna keep going." Now. We're gonna... <laughs> which is like what Davey says. Davey just like is a poster in a gym. That's all that he is. But he's he, a good poster. He's a manager of a winning <laughs> man. He's the, he's the manager of a winning, winning team, and A.J. Hinge isn't because, yeah, I think he peed himself, and he was like, hey, got to take out Granky. 
And then he chose, instead of going to Garrett Cole, which everyone... I know, everybody thought, thought Cole oh. was going to come in. I mean, because it's all man, uh, hands on deck. I mean, even though he had pitched two days before or a day before, who cares? Uh, you got six months, uh, well, not six months. You get four and a half months off. Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's like a Bryce Harper type guy. He's he's leaving the team. He's about to be a free agent. Yeah, exactly. He is. And did you see... So, Garrett Cole, I didn't even know who this guy was two weeks ago. He is a grade A douche. So, after the... <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. He seems to have made a bet against Bregman getting the Grand Slam and is, like, visibly he, he upset. bet against his own guy? So, there's a video of a couple of games back when Bregman got that grand slam. So then they cut to the Astros dugout. You see Verlander and Cole as the ball is still soaring midair and it's not clear whether it's going to be fair or not. Cole is like grabbing a hold of Verlander's sleeve and he's like, no, 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 no. And then it's fair and Verlander starts cheering and everyone else starts cheering because their team just got a fucking grand slam in the World Series. And Cole's face turns stone cold and he looks like upset about it. Because he just lost $10,000 at I the sports book really place. It really looks like, it made, like he made a bet against Bregman. Right, right. And Bregman had been, been rocky throughout the postseason. He was not doing well and he said and after the He wasn't doing as good. He didn't have a three seventy batting average like he usually does. He said after the first or second game of the World Series that um, he didn't know what was wrong with him and he was gonna take his bat home and sleep with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well that's kind of weird. Okay. Roll it in, roll it in, roll (laughs) anyway, so Garrett Cole's a douche and then after the game was over, he came and he did interviews with the media not wearing an Astros hat, but wearing a Scott Boros management fucking hat. No way. And they said... That is completely douche. He's and, basically and was, just an advertisement for himself because he's going into exactly, free agency. Exactly. He's like, fuck the Astros, I'm a free agent. Like, literally, it ha- the, the day that the game was played wasn't even over. And he, You know who's bidding on him, though, do you? Us? Of course. Okay, no, no, but, but let me finish. So when they asked him, why are you wearing this hat? Why aren't you wearing an Astros hat? Like, he's like, I'm not an employee of the team. Oh, what? First what, of all, he, you literally. He was literally until the are. end of the series. I mean, he's saying because it was 12.01 p.m. I don't think he's got his last check yet. I'm sure they get their check for the World Series. Free agency opened today, November 1st. So there was still tw- almost 23 hours, even though the game la- went late. He was still under the employment of the Astros for 23 yeah. hours. He's a giant asshole. Like, I just, the nerve. <laughs> the nerve of and that man. Nerve, and that Scott Boris guy is the worst. You know, we, we, we know about him from Bryce Harper and a lot of this. And I think he's, he's Rendon's agent as well, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. I mean, and Strasburg. I mean, he's the Harvey Weinstein of the baseball world, basically. He's just got his hands in everything. I don't, I'm not saying he's he doing he, any he of the of. extracurricular activities, but he's just one of these guys that he, he owns everybody. He's got, a, he's got a virtual monopoly on all the superstars. Yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. And Scott Boris is a jerk for even having his own baseball hat. And asking the guy to wear it. Like he's just advertising to everybody else. It's just like, and you, and, and, and you yeah. really, if you're a manager, if you're like the baseball, if you're Mike Rizzo or president of operations for any other team, you really don't know that Cole is on the block. I think you've known for a year he's on the block. 
Everyone knows. He doesn't have to advertise it. He doesn't have to go to the debutante ball. Look, Hinch should have played Cole. It was just dumb. So he goes to this guy, Harris, who apparently he trusts. And that's a good reason to go to someone. Okay. And he and he did well. I mean, you've got to put this in the perspective of the entire seven-game thing because we won the first two. But then they beat us up brutally three games on our home turf. Harris did very well there. Completely massacred us right in front of our own fans. They three games, well, right? So, so they were coming out of that saying, okay, well, we've got these guys on the run. They suck. They weren't saying, oh, fuck these guys, man. We beat them in Nats Park. We had beaten them in Houston. So why, why wouldn't we beat them again? And we did beat them again in Houston. Yes. In fact, that is one of the odd well, facts of this whole series is that all the wins were by away teams, which has never happened in uh, baseball history, which is very bizarre. Well, I told, I told you that all of the laws were off, that everything was different, and that it, that came you true. did. It seemed like it was a lucky break. You know what I mean? Rendon came, he got that homer. It's always Rendon that's bringing us back from the dead. It always seemed to be Rendon. He's indifferent to whether we win or lose. He, it's like he doesn't. He's not even looking at the scoreboard. He's, he's just the same dude no matter what. Well, you can't talk about this series without talking about the umpiring. And even though we ended up winning, had we not won, because of all the things that transpired, I think that crew would have to be in the witness protection program right now. In fact, I think they may be in the program anyway, even though we did win, because at least here people are still wringing their hands over the dirty umps and all these particular plays, deservedly so. Even you you were talking about uh, Astros manager Hinch. He even said the umps were calling bad calls on the Nats. He even said that. Their ball and strike calls made no sense. If you look at the graphics that overlay pitches i mean it was like balls were strikes strikes were balls there was zero consistency it was confusing right i mean but it wasn't just randomly sporadically placed it was always like bases loaded (laughs) you know we're we're two outs it's you know one more strike and it's the end of the inning it was always strategically located to fuck us I don't think that's completely true. There were bad calls on the Astros as well. There were. So when there were so bad calls in favor of our pitcher and our pitchers because I was watching every pitch and I was like these just these calls are terrible. Like literally complete amateurs could call this game better. The pitch cast the company MLB owns that puts up the little boxes there that that we all get to watch. So their analysis of the series was that the the home base hump made bad calls 11% of the time, which is does seem somewhat high. Usually it's supposed to be like 2 or 3%. So that seemed high, according to PitchCast. Okay, I'm just saying, according to MLB's company. They also reported that when they looked at all of them, you're right, they benefited both teams almost equally. Again, strategically, in terms of the importance of the call, in terms of the context of the game at that particular moment in time they were unbelievably lopsided against the Nats because it was always at the bottom of the inning very last man up base with two outs and that's when those occurred well is that was in the 
Pitchcast Report. Correct. That was distributed to all media. Pitchcast Mueller Report. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. It's just data. It's just data. It just comes out of a computer. Now, let me bring up something that I remember reading about during the episode we did on quote-unquote dirty umps. Yep. I don't remember what the source on this was. You gave it to me. Mm -hmm. It was a report on errors made by ump. It broke it down by pitch. So the percentage error is very different at the beginning of the at-bat compared to the end of the at-bat. And incorrect calls statistically happen the most often when there's already two strikes because it's human nature. So the, the umps are more likely to call all the time always across baseball, a strike after there's already been two strikes. So in order to know whether or not this was a unique situation, you'd have to break it down by the pitch count and compare it to the overall season compared to this series. No, it did not compare to the rest of the season. It was just the series internal. The problem with this series was that that last pitch had more of a failure rate than it did for the Astros. Their failure rate was in pitch one, not pitch three. So or out one, not out three. That was the finding of the report that was released to the media. I don't know what's going to happen to these guys because it wasn't just the home base guy. Of course, there was that huge play at first base, which had nothing to do with the home base guy. That was a different ump on the same crew, and they rotate through the game. So everybody takes a turn at home base. But it was just like no matter what was going on, every time there was a chance to fuck the Nats, they fucked them. Okay, I don't know if I if I would go that far. I don't think that your quote-unquote data proves that. But what I will say is the umps are terrible, but nothing will happen to them. These people are always protected, okay? Always. Why? Who gives a shit? Why are we protecting the umps? We're not protecting them. The MLB is protecting them and the Why? baseball. They're a union. Baseball is the most old-fashioned dick-sucking sport there is. It is the fucking Vanderbilt of sports. You know what I mean? It is Correct. just this, like, old... It's like these people wearing, like, linen suits and, like, pastel ties, like, sipping a mint julep and, like, talking about... <laughs> dirt. I don't... It's true. For instance, Zimmerman. Zimmerman had some of the shittiest at bats in terms of what the umps were calling. Yeah, I know. I mean, and his and he knew it. And he oh no, like, you could see, but he he kept it in, and he would just roll his eyes. He and he would talk to himself after he got struck out. He would talk to himself like, mm, "That was a ball. That was a ball." But he kept it in. But again, once the, the reporters asked him about it, what what did he say? He said. I don't want to say anything about the umps. They have the hardest job in the game. Well, and that's what Davey said as after he almost killed two guys. It took two men to get a man with a heart condition away from two fat umps who he could have killed with a single hit. I don't know why. Why I think the umps need to go. The, the, yeah, I think they should all be fired. But they won't be. They'll probably get an award or something. Just because it's it's baseball. There's just all these stupid rules. We haven't talked about the Trey Turner thing. You're saying that well, specific call? Why? Why did that have to come up in the World Series? Would, would anyone have been hurt had they not just brought out this random rule? I guess. So this is what I don't get. You know, they say it was base interference. Like, okay, but if a guy has to run from home base to first base and he stays, and remember they have those two parallel lines 
between home base and first and third base and home. So you have to run within that lane. No choice. If you go out, it's you're, you're immediately out. If the first baseman stands in front of you, you're going to hit him. And the first baseman is supposed to not do that. He's supposed to stand on the base with his foot on the base and catch the ball without stopping you. But he was like two-thirds of the way there. Trey Walk runs through the, through the lane and hits his hand. And, and, and it knocked the glove out of his hand. It did knock the glove out of his hand. That's true. But why was he there? Why was he putting his hand in front of Trey in the lane? He shouldn't have been there. Whoever was turning that ball made a bad throw, and right. he moved his his glove out to catch it. Right. Again, I don't think that the first base person should be going there. I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, there have been players that have, you know, almost had career-ending injuries by putting their hand out there. Yeah, then don't 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 let them put their hand out there. Make that the error. Or if not you the do person it, that's trying to run around. I'm not saying the play. I I don't blame it on Trey. I don't blame it on the first baseman. I don't blame it on the guy who threw it to the first baseman. They were just trying to do their job. He was just trying to catch a ball, and it was just one of those things that happens. It was just a bad call, you know, because it is a judgment call. Even the guy, the head of the baseball commission who came out, didn't he come out right after the game and have like this 45-minute press conference just on that one call? And he did, yeah. And he he said it was a judgment call by the first base coach. It was a judgment call. So it, you know, the he guy said, could have said, "Look, there's no, where else was the guy going to go?" It was the right call. Well, he also said it was the right call. After he, he defended that. the call, yeah, he did defend the call, but it, he he did he did define because people kept asking questions. He said, "Yes, it's a judgment call. It's in the opinion of the first base coach, and it's not reviewable. It's one of those calls that fall in, and then yet they had a review." So if it wasn't reviewable, what was the reason for that five-minute long? It wasn't a review. It wasn't a review. That, what that's was what, it? That's another It was a, a rules check. A rules check. Okay, I. that's too esoteric for me to know what the hell is the difference between those two things. It means they check the rules. So the guy They're says, oh, okay, there wasn't a rule. You couldn't make that call it means, it because means there was go, no rule. Go, go look at the rule book. Yeah, it's just the Nats were doing everything that they could to press the issue. Right. Obviously, Davey almost exploded. No, and so they not just, almost. Yeah, they, he did. Yeah. Two men had to drag him away from strangling. Oh, I meant, I meant physically. I meant physically. Like pieces of his flesh all over the face. <laughs> okay. You mean like scanners where he actually blows up? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking of Davey all the time. So it wasn't hard. But we won. You know, so then then they go out and we won. But it was just, it was so stupid and shitty. And that call could just, we could have just, just never made the call. Like, why go out of your, no one was injured. No, you didn't have to. You just say, okay, that's just the way it is. The guys got on base, first and second. Let's go ahead with this game. It just seemed like a really douchey move to me. And if, I don't see the need for the If call. we had lost the World I, Series I based on that. I don't think – and they, they only do it. So what? It's only – you only have to run within the quote-unquote lane yeah. if, you have, if the guy happens to put his hand in front of you. Because I'm pretty sure if we looked at the footage of every other person that ran from home plate to first base, they, the, we would have seen uh, 50 more people running exactly the way Trey Turner ran. 
Well, if he had walked outside the lane, he'd been out. What was he supposed to do? Stop and then wait for the guy to catch and then start running again? I mean, you know, that was the question that Trey yeah, Turner was- himself in a million interviews said. It's like, okay, what was I supposed to do? They didn't say. They said, okay, it's a judgment call. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, yeah, what was I supposed to do? What was my alternate? What was the thing that I was supposed to do? The the rule isn't telling you what you're supposed to do. The rule is just there to be stupid and... It's a bullshit rule. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I hate the MLB. I hate the whole damn thing. We should tear it down. Well, we should definitely put some of these umps in jail. I don't know if this uh, commissioner should be, uh, but he should should be investigated. This is where the fucking evil people are. Here's the other thing that I think uh, demands to be discussed. The uh, free agency starts the first full 24 hours after the World Series ends. So when you look at our team, we've got 17 people who are heading into either free agency or into some kind of a club option. Which That's 68% of our roster, and I just wanted to read down the names not going to go into the details, but this is how many people we're talking about. Okay, and they're not in any particular order. I just randomly. Anthony Rendon, Brian Dozer, Daniel Hudson, Adam Eaton, Yan Gomes, Matt Adams, Asudril Cabrera, Gerardo Parra of Baby Shark fame, Fernando Rodney, Howie Kendrick, Matt Grace, Jave Guerra, Kyle Bearclaw, Hunter Strinklin, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Sean Doolittle, and Steven Strasburg. That's a lot of dudes, man. This team, this 2019, 2019 World Series team, unless a miracle happens, there ain't going to be a 2020 team that looks like this. I mean, the one thing that's really sad is that Soto deserves to be paid so much more. I think he's making like a million dollars or something. Right, but they're gonna they're gonna offer him like some gigantic contract. How long is he? Under he contract? just started, so like in the players' association, which is the union for the actual players themselves, when you get drafted, you make a commitment. I think it's seven years, and yeah. there's there's a lot of like uh, escalation clauses in there based on your performance. So he's going to like last year when he came in in July, he was you know he made like a hundred and seventy thousand dollars. You know, even though he did very, very well in that season. You're right. This year, he's like, you know, and Mike Taylor, who um, has been going up and down from the minor leagues, you know, he makes like $2 million a year. You know, even though he spent, the you know, two-thirds of the season in the minor leagues. But um, but then, of course, you've got, you know, people who are making $30 million or $27 million. You know, like people like Scherzer or Strasburg or whatever. The lowest paid guy almost in the entire team is basically um, the management staff. You know, Davey makes 900 Chip Hale makes uh, 790 You know, it's just they're the lowest paid guys. But these guys who were only brought on for the year, you know, as midseason pickups like Cabrera or Parra or Rodney or whatever, they were only on one season contracts, you know, and there was like a million dollars or whatever. And he was like getting them out of the trash heap uh, because they were already mm-hmm. late in their careers and they'd just been fired by somebody. You know, it was just before the... The trade deadline. Uh, the trade deadline, right, right, right. I mean, we, we can pick up some of those guys, or we can't. I mean, obviously, you'd love to have Rendon. You'd love Strasburg, even though he signed this big, giant, career-long, seven-year contract. Boras put in, uh, the agent we talked about earlier, put in these 
opt-out years where he could jump out, even though it was backloaded. So most of the, you know, it was a $175 million contract, but there's still $140 million left of the compensation is in the back end of the contract. So that's an incentive to stay, but he has the option to opt out if he thinks he can get more in free agency, which who knows. Um, he did last year sell, you know, he had been holding on to his house in San Diego where he grew up and where his wife mostly lived. They sold that house. They live in Washington, D.C. now. They bought a house here. So that does, you know, they've got two kids. You saw them, you know, two little girls. Doesn't seem like it makes sense. I mean, if he goes back and says, okay, give me a better deal, they'll give him a better deal, obviously. But that this is the first season in his whole career when he didn't spend at least a third of the season on the DL. He's injury prone. He's injury prone. This has been his first year age 30 when he didn't spend significant amounts of times off the roster. And, and I think the reason that he signed that deal, a career long deal was because he knew he was injury prone and he's like, I wanted a little security going here, but now he just won a world series and he was the MVP. And now maybe he's thinking, you know what, maybe I'll try it. I'm sure, I'm sure Boris is like, come on, Steve, Steve, let's go out there, man. I'm going to get you 140, dude, I'm getting you 250. Come on. The thing is, or where are you going to go? Who are, who's willing to pay this money? It's it's these teams that are so far down the line. You know, the Padres or, you know, or the Reds or somebody like that. They're never going to win a World Series. They, yeah, take the money and you're never going to get in the Hall of Fame. You're never going to have this kind of success. You're never going to have this kind of fun. You're going to just sit here and be buried in a losing team like Bryce Harper is now for the next 12 years. Well, okay, let's not write the Phillies off for 12 years. Okay, I won't. Um, I think Strauss will will opt out. I think he can get more money. I know he can get more money. I'm just saying, can he get more money and win a World Series? Um, well, he's already won one, you know? And you're saying, fuck it, I don't need to win anymore? Because he's not a Cy Young Award winner. Well, when do they give out the Cy Young? Maybe he'll win it this year. This week. Max has already won three, and he's destined for the Hall of Fame with his record. Steve's record, because he spent so much of every year outside of the season. I mean, you want to just be a rich guy playing for a shitty team, and then you retire, and then nobody gives a shit about you. You're saying that's what you want your career to be? I'm saying it's apples to oranges because baseball is baseball and you're playing every team in your league. I know, but if you're losing and it's just like you're only make, you know, winning 70 games a year, you never get in the postseason. But how you can't predict? You can't predict what's going to what's going to happen with the team. Look, people spend their whole careers trying to get into the World Series and we just did it. I think these guys would be smart to say, okay, this is the team. This is the management. Let's repeat this. I I think there's a good chance Strauss will opt out because it's a strategically good move. He could always end up coming back to the Nationals. Well, the money says he'll opt out and just so he gets a renegotiates his deal with the Nationals. I don't think, he's, I don't think that he's a, a hollow douche. After this recording was made, it has since been announced that Steven Strasburg will exercise his opt-out and become a free agent. Just for, for trying to get the best deal that he can get. I mean, no, he'll it's never... A business. It's a business. It's a business. I understand. Look, the learners he'll are making never, tons never. of money. They deserve to pay oh, these yeah. people. It's not like he's taking money away from the poor, for Christ's sake. No, no, no. They deserve. They, have the, they are the workers. I mean, this is an, a, a 100x magnified scale. They are the workers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
I don't go that far. I don't go that far. I don't well, think, I do. think that. I don't think Steven Strasberg is um, a Bernie supporter over here. I don't think he's like, yeah, pro-labor. I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying they are, they are the product, and therefore they are entitled to at least 50% of the proceeds. I mean, I, they're not taking the risk. The whole could be thing, a bad season. The uh, whole thing is stupid. Like I said, these, these, these teams should be owned by the cities, and the money that comes from them should be paying for potholes and soup kitchens and shit like that. That's what a normal. Well, we're owned by the fucking learners. Okay, can I <laughs> That's true. say another thing about the learners? Okay. I mean, oh my god, I can't believe they yep. have this thing. They're standing on the stage. They're getting this award. The learners get the microphone. They're kind of interviewing people. They talk to Rizzo. They talk to Davey. They talk to Zim. And then they go to the learners. And he says... Mark, I know how important baseball is to your family. You guys have had a lot of regular season success, but had a hard time in the postseason. You break through in the best way possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's very sweet. You know, it may be a few years later than we, what we expected, but Mike and his baseball ops staff did an amazing job. Davey and his coaches and the staff did a great job. He said, yes, this is what we've been waiting for. It came a few years later than we wanted it. He's taking a jab at all the guys on that team, he's taking a jab at Matt Williams, he's taking a jab at Dusty, he's, but not just Dusty, also Matt Williams, also all the guys on that team that were expected to be World Series guys, like Bryce Harper, Jason Wirth, Danny Murphy, blah, 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 blah. I just thought that was so inappropriate, and I was like, wow, wow. It, it's sort of like if you're the... Um father of the bride and you know you get the microphone at the reception you're like well you know i really wanted her to marry that successful doctor lawyer guy but she got this douchebag and i guess she's married but what the fuck but at least she's married (laughs) exactly i mean that that is a good comparison that is exactly what it is i mean it was douchey it was douchey that is not Again, and it just shows what craven bitches these people are. They don't have a pure feeling in their body. It's all about stupid trophies for them, stupid, ugly. Well, of course they came in. I mean, they brought in Rizzo specifically because Rizzo was coming right off that World Series win with the Diamondbacks, um, you know, back in the day. And they brought him in, said, okay, make this a World Series team. And he started, and they gave him some money to do things. You know, they gave him a big payroll, and that's when they brought him worth. And. You know, they drafted these guys and they were the worst team in baseball. So they were able to get Steven and Harper and Rendon right out of the bat. I understand that they've put a lot of money into it, but they needed to know this was an investment and it was going to take time. Just like real estate, you weren't going to have the fucking Navy Yard turn into a multi billion dollar empire overnight. It was a fucking cocaine crack haven shithole for you know 50 for five decades and it didn't you know this whole thing didn't happen overnight they should know that they know that you know you've got to you know plant the seed wait for it to grow it's just first of all it's not a good look they should never be no intelligent person should be saying that on a microphone it just goes to show you that rich people are idiots it's also just so rude you don't, it doesn't matter how much money you put into the game. You're not guaranteed a World Series. No. It doesn't matter how good your players are when you buy them. 
it, that's not going to win you the thing. Well, no, and this this season clearly proved that because, I mean, we got so many mediocre people, and it was totally Moneyball. Mike brought in so many guys who had been fired, and they really helped this team. One of the things we didn't talk about was the fact that this year had the lowest actual stadium attendance since those years prior to all the superstars coming on, the Jason Worths and the Bryce and stuff like that. We're, we're talking like 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, low, low baseball attendance and also the lowest TV ratings that we've had since those years 10 years ago. And that was because a combination of two things. It was because, A, we came into the, the season losing like shit and we lost Bryce, right? So people just abandoned, fans abandoned them wholesale, only even on a Sunday afternoon, filling that stadium tw- uh, 50% if they were lucky. You know, it was built for 42,000 people. And if 20,000 people showed up, it was like, oh, thank God, it didn't rain. You know, and then, of course, this is going to change everything, being the playoffs and the World Series that's going to, like, uh, reinvigorate the whole thing. But they were having an awful year financially. And it was because of their I mismanagement. So um, it costs a lot of money to run a stadium, you know, and, and they've got a half a billion dollar payroll. You know, you can say, well, I'm a billionaire, but okay, well, how long are you going to be a billionaire when you got a half a billion dollar payroll and you can't even pay your bills based on people coming to the I'm, stadium? I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not going to say. I know you're not sympathetic to them. Yeah, I know. I really don't care about these aging bastards. <laughs> I don't care about them at all. They're, they are so rude. They're so crass. I mean, the fact that they were just firing managers. Of course, yeah, of course you're not going to win a World Series if you can't. If you give up on everyone, the moment that if they don't deliver for you instantaneously, like you can just add water and you're going to have a World Series. Okay, but let me say in fairness, did you and I call for Davies uh, removal earlier this year? After last year, especially, we didn't call for Dusty's removal. We didn't call for Dusty's removal. No, but Dusty had a winning record. He was winning 100 games a year. Davy wasn't even coming close. Exactly. Davy, Davy, Davy isn't a good manager. I mean, maybe he. I think he's learned on he's, the job. Will grow into one. Don't you think he's learned on the job? I mean, he just won a World he, Series. But he he wasn't good when he started. He no. didn't come in here good. No, no, he didn't. He, and I and I don't again. He uh, couldn't spell baseball. When when you win a World Series, all is forgiven, right. and people will forget all the mistakes that were made. Right. And the fact that I I just he doesn't seem to have a coherent comment to me. If you just compare compare AJ Hinch, who could really speak and you could understand what the hell he was saying. Whereas Davy Davy I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's other aspects to it. Maybe he is this the Nats whisperer behind the scenes. <laughs> I doubt it. Well because it I, just seems like a no, it thing. sounds like you're blaming him for his level of education or his IQ or something like that. There, I think there are other uh, skill sets. I'm not talking that... about his level of education. I'm talking about his communication ability. He he just doesn't say anything substantive, ever. Well, apparently he does with the players because I mean, they did work for him. You know, Hinch is like you say. Hinch could be a CEO at Google or something. It doesn't prove that it that it worked. It just proved that they won. It doesn't doesn't mean that everything's. 
perfect. Well, no, everything wasn't perfect. They were the worst team, in, well, second worst team in baseball, and they came back from that and won the World Series. So clearly there was a lot of imperfections, uh, a lot of corrections made, or maybe there was just blind fucking luck. I don't know. But, uh, or all those things put together in one stew and marinated and simmered, and then it just came out the right way. I'm not going to say Dave Martini's, you know, he's up for manager of the year. You know, obviously, because he won the World Series. So he's obviously going to be a candidate and he's going to get some votes. I don't think he's going to win. But, I mean, Matt Williams won, what, three years ago or four years ago. I thought Matt Williams was a good manager. Well, he was that one year. He he got it done. You know, he got us into the NLDS and, and, and we went all the way to game five. I don't, and, I, don't, I don't. A lot of people wanted Matt Williams to be fired and I didn't think he should be fired. I didn't think Dusty should be fired. Ne- uh, neither did I. Neither did I. But, I mean... Uh, that well, and it and to be correct, Dusty wasn't fired. He was only hired for two years, and they just didn't renew his contract. So to say he was fired is a little I bit. Get it. I know. Yeah, I know. and Davey was almost fired this year, even though he has a three-year contract. Uh, he was almost fired, and that would have been a okay. firing if they took him out in May and then just said, "Okay, Chip Hale, you take over from here." But I just wanted to. Uh, Congratulate my co-hosts, both Cassia and Bernice, for a great season. I think regardless of all the disagreements we have about this aspect of the game or that or the umps or the balls or blah, 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 blah. I mean, we still went through a um, a very dramatic season, which uh, one of the most dramatic seasons in all professional sports. We we recorded it and we can go back and we can look at it and we can look at the lows and the highs and all everything in between. And I just uh, thank you guys for sticking in there. And uh, you're resilient, just like the Nats team. <laughs> And thank you very much. It's been a great season, and I just appreciated all the time that we spent together doing these things. I know it was a lot of effort for everybody. You're welcome. Just don't hire me again next year. The From the Cheap Seats podcast is a public service provided by Thad Helsley Media, LLC, all rights reserved.